Hey guys, this is Hoss Haygood, and I'm here with my buddy Red Dog, and we're going to check out and get in depth in this three count wrestling podcast. Welcome everybody to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast presents Now Entering, and I'm your host Clifford Red Dog. Well, that's right, the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. That's right, you guys should be calling me your Sherpa. Please, please just refer to me as your Sherpa because I've asked you a lot of times on these interviews to do so, and I have yet to have someone comment it in. But like every good Sherpa, you gotta have someone who's been there, done that. And can do it more efficiently than you can. And that's why it's never about me. It's about who's entering the ring. And today, you see the person next to me. You can find this man at ACW, MCW, GCW, OSCW. He is one half a country strong. He is one half a country club. He is the bruiser, the muscle. He is the man himself. Hoss, hey good. Hey guys, I'm here with my buddy Red Dog on Three Count Podcast, man. How you guys doing, man? How you been, Red Dog? Yo, I am great, man. I am great. Uh, yo, so we have run into each other a couple times, right? Um, That's right. And every time, like, I'm always fascinated to sit back and chat with you about the sport, about the business. And I was like, yo, let's get this episode down and we can get this thing recorded. I was like, I'm so hyped having you on. Oh, man, I'm hyped to be here, man. It's uh, it's good to see guys like yourself thriving in the business, man. I'm really, I'm really happy for you. Man, I, I appreciate it a lot. So listen, man, before we were uh before we started recording, we were just talking back and forth a little bit. And you had mentioned about how like in this in this sport, right? Like you have to always con- continue with learning, right? And you brought up the point about electricians and plumbers always continuing their education. And in this sport, you have to be continuing your education a lot too. And I know our viewers at home are like, what are they talking about? Don't worry about it, you'll catch up. Uh, but it's, it's, yeah. it's incredible because like, when you think about like training, right. And wrestling, yeah. like some people, like you were saying before, people will, like hit this peak and then they're like, yeah, I've reached it. I don't need to do anymore. And I'm just, I'm flabbergasted by that every time I hear it. No, nah, man, it's, it's, it's an ongoing business. And like I told you earlier, I can tell you from the independent perspective is you never stop training never stop training whether you show up five minutes before the show or you show up i i myself try to show up anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour before the show so i can get some time in the ring with somebody you know being at the age that i am i mean you talked earlier i'm I'm an older guy now but even still i try to get in there with a younger guy try to get in there with a vet i'm always trying to learn and learn something new you know to to add to my resume because, you know, I mean, I'm going to do this till I can't do it no more. So why not just keep adding to that that big resume? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, it's funny because, like, you would mentioned, like, you know, you're kind of – you're a little older in the game. I'm going to be front with you. Like, I'm, on, I'm like, five years younger than you. So, I mean, like, I don't, I don't look that, but I'm like, yeah, so I can definitely relate. And then, like, getting in the ring with people who are always more better than you or, or even just, like – just a few years older than you, I always find it interesting. Cause I'm like, man, like you have, like, I have so much to learn in this, but I feel like at the pace that I'm learning, working with new talent all the time and getting to chat with them and just find out their brains, like it's awesome to be able to like see something new. And I know like when people are talking to me, like always feel like a light bulb goes off and then you, I can see their face. They're like, Oh, he finally got it. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you, man, and it took me probably almost nine years before I think really the light bulb went off and I said, ah, this this is where I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to do. Um, because you know, I was so excited to be a part of it. I didn't think that now starting off, I, I didn't per se start in a wrestling school like most people have the opportunity now. I wasn't really close to one. Um, I was fortunate enough to have a family friend that was a pro wrestler and taught me what I knew from the start. Um, but I, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's like you feel, you feel jaded sometimes because, you know, you get to a point where, man, I wish I would have had that. But what I had was what not a lot of people get nowadays is, so I call it my own the job training. So say you started a trade like we go back to earlier. Uh, say you wanted to be an electrician, but the, the only thing you know that when you was a kid, your mom said, don't stick a fork in that light socket, right? That's the only thing you know about being an electrician. Don't stick that fork in it because it could hurt really bad. It'd be a shocking experience. So that's what wrestling was to me was a very shocking experience as to when the way that I came into the business. Um, you could say I learned a lot of things the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> and so sometimes you can be pro wrestling's pro wrestling vets amusement because they, they try to make you quit. Right. Um, so that versus going to a wrestling school, a wrestling school, you know, they're going to help you succeed. Right. Um, not necessarily punish you, but they're going to make you succeed. Uh, and not to say, like I said, anything that I went through was anything wrong with that because I appreciate it more because it toughened me up. You understand? Um, cause the wrestling business is hard. Don't let it fool you. It, it, it's very hard because you've got to have the it factor to make it on TV. And most people get disheartened or they, it hardens their heart or, you know, when they don't get that automatic spot on TV. And, um, I was there for a little while cause I felt like I should have been there. I had some, some opportunities that didn't, that didn't go as well as I wanted them to. But after a few months of, um, getting humbled and, you know, being put in my place, <laughs> I continued to move forward and, uh, realized that whether I'm on TV or whether I'm in front of five people or whether I'm in front of 30 people, I'm going to come to entertain that crowd no matter what, because I like to entertain the crowd. No, I like that. And you like hit on a couple points, right? And I just kind of want to touch back on one of them too. You're talking about how like, you know, like schools will help like train you and they want to make you like succeed. Right. And then sometimes you learn on OJT. And I know in particular for me, Somebody who trained, uh, who got, I, he never says trained, someone who got to study 
at the Harvard and Yale uh, wrestling mecca, he uh, he had me doing a drill, um, and I remember taking like forty bombs in like I don't, it had been like twenty five minutes, and uh, I kept doing it. And finally, he had to break it down to me and say, uh, "You know, the reason why I'm having you keep doing this is because you're not getting up left over right. You just keep popping up." And I was like, "Oh." And then it finally clicked. And so, yeah. you know, and it's, it's running those drills. It's learning how to, you know, your footwork and your placements and stuff and, like, how to get up and how to work. So I, I totally, like, I can understand. Like, I, I've seen that side of it. I've seen the other side where, like, you just have a veteran whoop your ass. And then, like, you know, yeah. I've had that happen. And then, you know, you have the other parts where you have those guys who let's sit down and work with you and talk with you and, like, coach you through everything that's going on so i i've kind of had all aspects of like that side of like training wise which has been instrumental in like developing who i am and it's it's funny because like i i got into this right and i want to ask you the same question too so i I got into this because i just love like i love wrestling right and good good bad in between i really just whatever people see their views and their opinions about me is is fine but I genuinely just I love what I I love what I'm doing and and you you touched on it too like as soon as I stepped into a ring I was like this is where I belong this is where I this is where I need to be at this is where yeah. I'm going to just be for as long as I can do it yeah yeah it's uh man it's it's a magical it's a magical thing is the uh is the term I can give it because I don't know man it's like it's, it's another world for me uh, it's we're stepping out of reality and um it's like our it's our real life movie you know you can make it what you want it to be if you want to be depressed about it it can be a sad movie you want to be happy about it it can be a comedy you know you want to be tough about it you can be a live action hero you 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 can make it what you want to make it and um I think I've been in all those aspects. I've, I've, I'm, I'm this crazy bipolar wrestler that has has seen all the, you know, all the different sides of myself in and out the ring. And, um, I love it, man. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade anything for it anymore. I mean, I've, the things that I've been through and the things that I've seen, you know, it's, if I could write a story, nobody would read it, but I love every minute of it. <laughs> well, okay, so I want to ask this question, right? And I love asking this question to every single person who comes on this show. But I got to know, man, what's the worst bump that you've taken? The worst bump that I've taken? Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you the most accidental bump that I've taken, and I was so humiliated. This happened at a Maryland Championship Wrestling show. And to this day, I still want to apologize to Tommy Dreamer. Uh, Tommy Dreamer, if you're watching right now, I want to apologize for being stupid. <laughs> so, uh, me and Tommy had a match at uh, MCW when they first started running at Joppa. And as me and my friends there refer to this as the tree of no. Not the tree of woe, but the tree of no, N-O. So uh, I'm sitting on the top turnbuckle and I'm supposed to have my two feet up under the top rope. And instead I've got one foot 
and my right foot is under the second rope. And Tommy's at this point, he's probably tired of waiting on me. So he pulls me down. And when he pulls me down, I hyperextended my right knee. So anyway, he does the uh, the coast to coast where he puts the trash can in front of me and he jumps from one side of the ring to the trash can. You know, that doesn't feel good either. Um, so after that, uh, I couldn't pull myself up because I was in so much pain that my body was in shock and I was down with blood rushing to my head and the referee is trying to get my foot loose. And it, it was just, it was a really bad debacle that I was in. (laughs) (laughs) Not only, not only did it hurt, it was very embarrassing, very embarrassing. Yeah, Yeah. no, that sounds like it sucks a (laughs) hundred percent. Yeah. Because I mean, I was I was an ECW fan. Uh, I really liked Tommy Dreamer's uh, persona and what he did for the company and things. So I, I was one. I was grateful to be there in the ring with him. Number two, I was very very nervous. So my nervousness kind of overtook everything, and uh, it probably wasn't one of my greatest matches. And Tommy Dreamer probably wishes he would have never had it. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, okay, so I'm curious then, like, how how did you get into the sport? Um, So a close family friend of ours, uh, Randy Nichols, a.k.a. Rand, uh, Lance Gaylord, was a, a pro wrestler in South Carolina. Um, he was a really close friend of the family. He had worked for my dad at one time. And... Um, they used to do like live independent shows in town. Um, they did shows at high schools, um, baseball fields, bingo halls, you know, um, VFWs, wherever they could do a show. And I would always try to be there. And that's, I actually watched live wrestling before I even watched TV wrestling. Um, live wrestling is what really got me into watching TV wrestling. And, um, Lance was my first trainer in uh, Greenville, South Carolina, is where I first learned to train at um, NCW, National Championship Wrestling, there in Greenville. And um, from there, that's that's where my career started. And then uh, and then you ended up moving like up to Maryland, and I know you've been uh, with MCW now for a few years. Um What's the biggest transition from wrestling in the South to like wrestling in the North? How do I put this politely? <laughs> in, in in the South, you can make a mistake and cover it up. And the fans probably not give you that hard of a time. But up this way, when you mess up, the fans are so smart to the business that they they get on you pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> they're uh, they're relentless. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've heard about like every, different areas, like knowing that like someone messed up. Like, uh, I've had friends who have wrestled in Philly, and they just let me know. They're like, "Man, if your wrestling's not on point, don't wrestle in Philly because once you mess up, like they they will hound you for oh, it." Yeah. Yeah, yes, sir. They will 
they will let you know real quick that they they say the f word a lot that you effed up. <laughs> <laughs> trying to be uh, trying to be PG here because Philly Philly fans can be pretty R rated. <laughs> oh yeah, without a doubt, and also this podcast can be pretty R rated too. So you don't have to worry about that part. <laughs> but I'm curious, man. So like. After you get done with, like, a show and stuff like that, right, or even before, right, people have, like, the pre-rituals, post-rituals. I'm just kind of curious about what's your post-match uh, meal or snack? Post-match? Ah. Man, it depends on where I'm at. Um, after my match, it's usually an, an ice-cold beverage, you know, here. Um, <laughs> but really, my, my post-match is – um or what i really like i love barbecue i love barbecue man i'm a i'm a barbecue guy from the south and uh <laughs> don't get me into an argument about whether it's ketchup based or mustard based either so <laughs> <laughs> i mean the only barbecue is mustard based just so you know <laughs> okay because you know it's, it's funny man because i used to work for uh craft right craft mac and cheese right back in the uh actually a few years ago yeah. And uh, they had just came out with like their styling. The, that's what they call like the, I, I think you can still get it. I think it's called like Pitmaster set, but they have different types like uh, barbecue sauce from like all over. So whether it's like Texas or Memphis or right. Carolina, or you can get uh, Hawaiian flavor or you can get from uh, St. Louis, Kansas city. So they have a whole range, which is really cool. But yeah, yeah. I, I noticed that Carolina was the only one that was like, was mustard. yellow mustard base. And I was like, yeah. Oh, it's interesting. Yeah, it's it's crazy. That's the only one. That's that's why I said it's the only mustard barbecue sauce here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, bet. So barbecue be that be that post match. I like that though. Um, all right, then I just need to know, like, what's like one of the hardest lessons you've had to learn in the business? Uh it's going to sound crazy, but I'm going to say respect, you know? Um, and, and I know it sounds kind of cliche, but respect is earned and it's not given. And, and I think it's a lost, it's becoming a lost thing in our business because, you know, it, it starts at home, man. Um, it was all in how you're raised, I believe. Um, if your parents didn't teach you respect and you know, you go to school and you don't learn how to respect your elders or respect people in front of you or whatever it is, respect your boss at work. It's a big thing, man. Um, there's always somebody in front of you that, that paved the way for you to be where you're at. And, um, that's a big thing. And it's funny. You mentioned, um, the term bruiser earlier. Um, RJ Myers is probably the one that, that really instilled that in me. And it, like I said, you know, I told you, you know, nine to 10 years, uh, trying to get upset here. Um, nine to 10 years to get to where, you know, I needed to be. And RJ was one of those guys that, I didn't get to spend a lot of time with him, but the time that I spent with him, 
he taught me a lot of good things, and respect was one of them. But that's in. I mean, it is. It is something that you're right. Like it is taught at home. You know, I, me being uh, former military, like and, and being in a military family, like that's like that's how I was raised. Was always the P's and Q's. Know who's above you. Know you know. And always this is the other part too. Like no matter who it is, whether they're older than you or even younger than you, just yes sir, no sir, yes ma'am, no ma'am. Like there's always a thing, and I, I catch a lot of flack for it now too because uh, like people will be younger than me, and I'll be like, hey, what's going on, sir? And they they're like i'm i'm younger than you i'm like yeah but in this business you're older than i am because you're more of a veteran than i am so i will address you as so if you have that issue we can talk about it on the side but in that meantime that's what you're going to see is that that side of me um yeah don't don't never lose that man um no matter what anybody says to you that's yes a lot of people don't realize it's a term of endearment you know um you respect him as a man or he's respect her as a lady or, or whatever. Um, yeah, don't, don't never lose that because it's, it, it's, it seems to be something that's pushed to the wayside a lot, not only, not only in the wrestling business, but in life in general, you know, life lessons. Yeah, it's true. And I know, I know Sicken gets tired of me being like, yes, sir. And he's like, would you stop saying that to me? No, <laughs> not right now. Now I know. And now so I, it is a term of endearment, but now I do it just to annoy him because I know it gets under his skin. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. But, but I do have to ask, though, man, what kind of advice would you give to up-and-coming wrestlers? Um, no matter where you train at, um, always put in the work. Um, if you want to make success in this business um, – put in the work and, and, and I can say that because I, I was told that, you know, a hundred thousand times and I probably didn't listen as much as I should have. And I, I may would have been further than I am, but I can tell you now, put in the work, whether it's studying video, whether it's going to training every day, the doors are open, um, going to the gym, making yourself a better person, not just to look good, but to be healthy so that you can continue to train and, and wrestle. Um, and, and don't get me wrong. There's different body styles in wrestling. And I'm not, I'm not the guy to give you any health advice at all. Trust me. Look at me. I'm, I'm round and round as a shape. Okay. But I do go to the gym. I try to, to eat good. Take care of yourself. Don't let this wrestling business eat you up and take life away from you because life will be there when wrestling's not. You understand? You understand what I'm saying? And, you know, with that being said, it, it's wrestling. It'll be there. When, when you're having a bad day, take a break from it, you know? Because you don't want your love of what you want to do, you know, st stop your life from moving forward. Um, I've had to do that a few times. Um, I loved wrestling so much, and I didn't want to stop. But it it got in the way of some things. And um had to take a break, you know. 
Most people don't know how to put on the brakes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you, you, you drive in Maryland. People don't know how to put on the brakes. No, they, they don't. don't know how to give, give you a turn signal. I'm, I'm, giving you a, I'm giving you a turn signal right now. <laughs> when, when it's time to brake, take a right and not a left. Okay? Work the right a little bit instead of the left. <laughs> I'm glad I can make you laugh. So you got it. So yeah, I'm 100% on board. I know exactly what you're talking about. So I'm well aware. My, my, my southern babblings kind of um, throw people off sometimes, but then some people get it. So I'm glad you got it. I mean, I, I'm one of those cats. I've lived all around the United States. So whether it's uh, in the middle of Nebraska or we go to California or we live in Georgia or we move to Maryland or Massachusetts or living on an I, island in Hawaii, like I've I've experienced a few different places and a few different types of uh, people. So I've learned to like respect and understand most people's cultures. <laughs> that's cool, man. That's cool. Uh, I haven't been outside the United States. Um, probably the the farthest west I've been is maybe Texas and um, I've been in Colorado, Wyoming. That's about the farthest west I've been. Uh, but I love Texas. If you've never been to Texas, I suggest you visit it. I love me some Texas. It depends on which part of Texas. Like, I'm going to be honest. I've been in north, east, and west, and, you know, in the central. So the only place I haven't been, I haven't been to the south yet, deep, deep south. Like, I haven't been in the Houston area yet. Uh, but, I was in Houston. I was right outside of Pasadena, Texas. It's not a bad place. Not a bad place at all. Um, Gulf, uh, not Gulf Shores, but that's Alabama. Um, San Antonio. San Antonio. San Antonio. (laughs) Yeah, San Antonio is really nice, man. Um, Cheyenne, Wyoming. Another great town. Cheyenne, Wyoming is only two hours from my hometown. Oh, where's your hometown? Scotts Bluff, Nebraska. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So I know all about I eighty and going going east or westbound. <laughs> I love it. You ever do Pioneer Days? In, uh, I always yeah. When I was back home, I used to always do. We used to always go back to Pioneer Days. Uh, in fact, let's see who did I catch at Pioneer Days? It was like two thousand three. Uh, I know my sister had went in two thousand four and got to see Uncle Cracker. Um, yeah, there's a there's a throwback for a bunch of people out there. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't know who Uncle Cracker is. Yeah, or uh, <laughs> and Kenny Chesney were both uh at the show that that year. Uh, the year before, I think I got to see Three Doors Down, and then uh, like the year before that, I went to the Gre- uh, Greeley Stampede and got to see Def Leppard. That was pretty cool. Okay. So yeah, yeah, I I love I love me some pioneer days. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. I like it. But uh, last question I have for you before we jump into the second best segment of the Three Count Podcast, I got I got to have because you've been around for a, a while. You've been around a lot of different locker rooms, so I need one do and one don't of the locker room. One don't. Don't talk too loud where everybody can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> uh one do uh absolutely when you walk in introduce yourself to everybody uh i know a lot of people like to say oh i don't shake hands or why don't shake hands with nobody man that's, that's the worst thing you can do get in there everybody feel you know kind of fill out the locker room 
And uh, I feel like you'll return to that locker room more with that type of attitude than not. I like it. I like it a lot. And that's the thing, like, I hear a lot is, like, go around, introduce yourself. Even if you're doing fist bumps or you're just like, hey, you know, wave at people, let them know, like, what's up? Like, yeah, at least you're acknowledging that they're there because, yeah. you know, I feel like that's important. I try to do that a lot, too, especially when I go and help set up at, like, ACW. Like, I just yeah. – I want it, I want to talk to everybody. So, I'm like – I probably get on people's <laughs> – can probably get on people's, like, nerves because I'm always, like, just asking questions and asking, like, Maybe right. not even so much as just like advice things. It's just like, hey, can I ask you a question really quick? You know, what what would you do with this or what would you do with that? And I could just see people. I can see certain people just like be like, <sighs> well, well, you know, it. That's the difference from now and even ten to fifteen years ago. I feel like, and this is just my opinion, social media has taken the art of conversation away from people. Um. I appreciate when people come up and talk to me, whether you want to talk about the weather, you want to talk about sports, you want to talk about, you know, what we're going to eat after the show or, you know, how far you drove. I, I appreciate that type of conversation. And, it, and it's, and it's also a dying art because I feel like social media is taking that away. Yeah. I feel like with social media too, like a lot of people are more, I want to say empowered to put their opinion out there and then mm-hmm. just like, even if it's wrong and then double down on it. And sometimes you watch people like triple down on an opinion and you're like, it's not a good take, bro. You probably just, just reel it back. <laughs> and yeah. Don't do it. But I, yeah. Twitter I, fingers I was, are real. Yeah. I, I had to uh, learn how to dial it back myself because I felt freely to type whatever I wanted on Facebook when it first came out. <laughs> and, I, and I was the person that went back like a week later, like, Man, I really typed that. Let me delete that. <laughs> so there, there's another tip, kids. Think before you type. <laughs> right. Someone's gonna screenshot that, and that's it. Like, that's it. It's over. It's it. They say when you put it on here, it's there forever. So. Well, it was like careful. okay. So there was a a female. She was a she's a. I forget she worked for like NFL Network or something like that. She's really big on TikTok, and then uh, she's really big on Twitter as well. And she makes like these fun little skits about fans and stuff like that, or about sport, like NFL teams, right? Yeah. And she made a joke about, and I'm not gonna put it out there. Okay, your fans can just chill, but right. she put it out there about a certain team, and that team, that team fans went back into her uh, her Twitter past and revealed everything that she had tweeted out, and she was like, "That's like," she was like, "That's teenage me. That's not me now." And like, I was like, "Woo." Had to apologize yeah. super quick. <laughs> you, you, you'll notice real quick in a hurry when you mess up on the internet. There's people out there that have a lot of time and energy to mess up your life, yeah, just because they can. So, trust me, I, I went back and deleted some things that I hope people never saw. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and another tip, kids, if you're in the wrestling business. It can hurt your future career. So be careful what you put out there. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. (laughs) But we got to get into the second best segment of this podcast. When people ask me what's the first, I tell them it's the Red Dogs Power Rankings that you can catch every Sunday on our debate show. But 
Mr. Haas, this is the three count podcast, 10 count questions, and this is how it works. I'm going to fire off 10 questions at you rapid fast. Whatever's your answer, that's your answer. All right, here we go. <laughs> so we're going to put on the imaginary timer for added pressure. Bing! And here we go. Smackdown or Raw? Raw. Favorite movie? Um, Hold on. Oh, Full Metal Jacket. Hey, let's go. Uh, Marvel or DC? Marvel. Favorite color? Orange. Night Owl or Early Bird? Early Bird. Favorite beer? Uh, that's going to be Coors Original. Hey. Pepperoni or cheese pizza? Duh, pepperoni. <laughs> Favorite podcast? Yours, of course. Let's go. We're not, <laughs> we're not doing anything. We're not putting that out there. <laughs> Nominate one person that you want to see on this podcast. Oh, man. Ken Dixon. Let's go. I'm all about this. And then last but not least, my favorite question to ask every single person who comes on this show, favorite curse word. Oh, <laughs> and yes, you can say it. Yes, you can say it if you want to. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> That's right. Like, you know, I, I know a lot of people, we, we talk about it on the show a lot. Like, and a good F-bomb is, like, always worth, like, doing. But a good damn. Like, <laughs> put it in place. Oh, if you've seen any of my matches and you don't hear me say, damn it, something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did that. So, um, I think I have the match actually on my YouTube page, right? On my personal one. Um, I got put in a, in, in a wrist lock. And you hear me on the camera, right? Damn it. And you hear just very subtly someone in the background was like, language and then here we go dang it (laughs) (laughs) it it sounds less aggressive when you say dang it right but it was like the whole point was like i was like all right steve rogers here i go (laughs) (laughs) but those are all the questions i have so the last thing i have is just let our listeners and our viewers know where they can find you oh man you can find me on twitter if uh you like to go that route. I don't tweet very much, but I tweet often. Uh, I am on Instagram and I'm on Facebook. There you guys go. You guys see, you guys know how to find him. It's Haas. Hey, good. It's right there. All right. But like everybody's favorite part of match, we got to take this home because this is the three count podcast presents now entering the ring. And I am your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller. That's right. The man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. And you should be calling me your Sherpa. But like every good Sherpa, you got to have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently than you can. That's why it's never about me. It's about who's entering the ring. And who's entering the ring today? You see him right there. It's Haas Haygood. He is the man, the myth, the legend, and, you know, one of my favorite mentors but more importantly you guys know what to do tune in to the next episode and be there or you just wait for this episode to end you just wait for that outro and then you choose another episode to listen to peace What's going on, Three Count Nation? I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller with the catchphrase. But what I really want to do right now, go to twitter.com, right? Go over there, find us at the Three Count underscore pod, 
Give us a follow. Give us a like. Give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the Three Count Pod. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to YouTube.com. Give us a subscribe. Turn the bell on. Turn on notifications. Leave a comment. We want to talk to you. Go to anger.fm forward slash the three count podcast. And in there, you can leave us a message and we will talk to you. Basically, what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys and we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also, one thing I need you to do for me, the three count podcast also has merchandise. Oh, at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the three count pod. Please go buy our t-shirts. We love you guys and we hope you love us too. So. Show us some support, please.